When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. special Mel line. I finally picked up the phone during the newscast and called Mel's number and he was just coming in. So I've got Mel on the line. Mel's the guy with the never-ending hold and uh, we're going to ask him about it here in a moment. Uh, I have read that fax now twice on the air and I've got a lot of follow-up faxes. Here's one entitled, Yet Another Mystery Hole in Eastern Washington. Art, you'll love this. It was sent to me a couple days ago by email. And it's all about uh, another one on the Indian Reservation in Colville, where there is another mystery hole. But anyway, we'll get to that. Mel, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, first of all, Mel, thank you for answering. What are you doing up at this time of the morning? Well, after I sent the facts, I'm, uh, I'm living in town here now because uh, we had a couple of our buildings out there cave in after the big snows that we had out here last month. Oh, yes. And so, uh, <laughs> there, there, thereby goes some of the uh, construction debris into the hole. So, uh, all right. Uh, when did you discover this hole? Well, the hole, the hole has always been there. We've been out there for a couple of years now, and uh, you know, the hole has been there since we've been there. It's been there since the previous owner was there, and the previous owner there was quite elderly, and I, I'd say he was there for a good 30, 40 years before we moved in. Wow. And then, uh, and so there's been a thing of throwing stuff down this hole for a long time. Oh, oh, yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been going on, you know, <laughs> it's, it's for as long as the hole has been there, I assume. When nobody knows that, I guess. All right. Uh, how do you pronounce the name of your town, Manastash? Uh, oh, Manastash. Manastash. Right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Thank you. Uh, and uh, actually, I'm in, uh, uh, right now, I'm in a little town called Ellensburg. Oh, I know Ellensburg. Right? Ah, you must know about a rodeo here then. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, so, uh, yeah, we've been there for several years. And, you know, we, we just take all, you know, we take all of our uh, trash, rubbish, here, anything we have that we have to get rid of, we take it, throw it in the hole. Everyone's throwing their stuff in the hole. The people from around there throw all the stuff in the hole. I mean, it's just been going on for a long time. Well, you know, I you know, I got to thinking one day, how come this hole is not filling up? It must be an awfully deep hole. That's a good thing to consider, sure, as you throw stuff in it for decades, literally. And so, you know, I used to be a, uh, uh, well, I would say pretty close to a professional shark fisherman. So I had a couple of huge uh, uh, fishing reels, went out there and uh, started <laughs> letting the line down. I figure after one... Uh, Did you wait the line? Oh yeah, there, there's, there's. In fact, the original line is still down there. I have just been adding to the line and keeping track of how much line I've used. So I've not uh, reeled it in. Uh, how much weight is on it? There's, there's a one pound weight at the bottom of it. One pound weight. One right. pound weight. It's a triangular uh, one pound weight. Okay. Uh, and so that's at the bottom of it at first. So in other words, it would go down kind of like a plumb bob. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, I have a rigged across the center of it there and it goes you know goes straight down from the center there and occasionally i try to move the line there but when you're moving that much line you really can't do a whole lot with it but it seems to you know there seems to be it's not resting again and against anything at this point here and it continues to go down freely and so when i was out there earlier i let out a little bit more line <laughs> and uh so you actually went out there tonight after i read this yeah, exactly <laughs> oh man well, you know, it's uh, not too bad out here right now. It's only about uh, 25 degrees, so it's not too cold. Have you ever heard anything coming from any sounds or anything? Um, well, you know, I mean, the normal thing to do is kind of like yell into it there, you know, to see an echo. And I've never heard an echo come out of that thing. No echo. At all. 
uh, you know, that's one of the first things I noticed about it. Well, I, I'm going, I'm, me I'm measuring it by feet. You know, I convert feet to yards, so I don't know sure. how many miles that is. I assume that's, it's, uh, a fair number of miles, though. Well, 5,280 feet uh, is a mile, so you got, you, you really think you've got 80,000? Yes. Yeah, I, I, uh, get the line in 5,000 yard spools. And so I'm, I've gone through that many. Well, you have got a hole then that goes, well, you know, you can't say to the center of the earth, but you've got a hole that goes miles and miles and miles into the earth. I would think a university would be out there, boom, just like that. Well, uh, my wife does work for a, a local university here, and, you know, we've been talking to them about it, and one of the things is... Uh, uh, they find it quite incredible that I've let that much line into the ground, but uh, that's what I've been doing. Um, Have you ever thought of winding it all back up again? Well, when I let out the first 1,500 yards uh, of line, I reeled all of that back in. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to know uh, if I hit water down there, because I thought, that, that's a lot of that's a lot of feet. You bet. Uh, you know, that's uh, 4,500 feet of of uh, line. Did I hit water? So I, I uh, did. Uh, what I did is I sent down a roll of lifesavers. Lifesavers? Uh, yeah. So when it hits the water, the, the lifesavers will dissolve. That's true. Oh, I see. So very smart. So yeah, they, it's an old shark fisherman's trick. There, we used to we used to send our bait out on a balloon attached to a roll of lifesavers, and the bait would go out into the ocean on the tide, yeah. and then eventually the lifesavers would melt and the, shark, the bait would fall to the, uh, to the bottom. <laughs> so, you know, you couldn't cast the big old mackerel out there that far, so. Amazing. So, what do you, you got any guesses? Uh, I don't, I, I, I have, I have no idea. I thought it could have been, I could have been a mine shaft, but the, the thing about it is the, uh, the surface part of it's been very well cared for. Clearly, uh, somebody out there listens to your program. Oh, yes. And uh, I think... Uh, John, I'm really sorry I brought this on for you. I, I didn't... It certainly wasn't intentional. I, uh... Well, uh, you know, uh, when we talked yesterday, uh, you felt that uh, probably the best thing to do is to uh, be public in this matter. And That's I, right. Uh, your best I, protection is to be public now. Well, anyway, so there was... There's a lot of activity around there, and, you know, I've had some thoughts about this, and if they knew where the hole was, uh, I would imagine that they could take some readings of the depth of the hole from, like, satellites. I don't know about that. I, I, I'm sure they have a way to measure it from ground. I'm not sure about satellites. Well, we, we did have a lot of hovering up there in the air, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so uh, uh, we, we did have that situation. Um uh, and they stopped you, right? In other words, there was a barrier there? Well, there was on, uh, I'll tell you, I'm getting a little confused about days. I, I guess it's now Tuesday morning. Yeah, that's right. But um, uh, since what they had originally there was a barrier, not a barrier, but just armed, armed uh, soldiers, basically. Armed soldiers. Armed soldiers. Uh, since then, they've erected some... Um, further down the road. I mean, you can't even, I, I mean, basically, there's the road, there's the access road, and then finally kind of meander into the property. Uh, Mel, are you there? I'm here. All right. Uh, I've got a couple of faxes here uh, that are not kind, Mel. They say this Good. man is lying, his voice is shaking so much, he's stuttering, um, he's searching for words, he's in a bind because you're paying attention to his fable, you know, his made-up story, they're saying. And um, you have to come up with something that would keep you from finding out about his lie. So they, here's another one that says, Mel's hoax. Aren't you falling for another one? Well, I am a little naive, and I, I like stories like yours, Mel, and so I do tend to go for them. Is it, I mean, do you swear that this is absolutely the truth? Well, look, I would have rather not have talked or called or faxed or anything in regards to this subject at all. Yeah, the people need to understand. You faxed me, but I'm the one who called you.
Roger had the hammer up to his eyes. He stumbled and fell. I rode across the creek, got off the horse, and took my rifle out of the scabbard in case I had to make a shot. For 20 minutes with my spotlight, we watched these two creatures. I, I would, I'm romantic. I would like Bigfoot to exist. I've met people who swear they've seen Bigfoot. It's a very ominous feeling. First of all, everything is one color. It's like a dark pewter color. There are no right angles anywhere. There was almost nothing other than a small foldable hatchway that looked recognizable. Everything was uh, was really unworldly. The other option is, is that these entities are in fact hybrid beings. They are some sort of a hybrid that's coming in and out of our dimension. My arm contacted him. He just fell back very unexpectedly easy into the other one. And I rolled off the table in the other direction. And uh, they came around the table and the three of them were coming towards me. So, you know, as the intro kind of covered there, we had some of the original calls from Mel Waters who called into Art Bell's famous late night coast to coast AM show that all of us should be familiar with. You know, part of the reason that we even have a podcast is thanks to Art Bell and Coast to Coast. But those calls came in in 97 and then Art Bell ended up having uh, Mel Waters back on for part two, part three. That was like 2000, 2002 and all that. And I guess it just set the audience in a frenzy, you know, they, they wanted more and more about this story from Mel's Hole, right? Just all the strange, you know, goings on that took place. And so that's kind of what we're going to dive into. I was going to cover the uh, the history of it and kind of that call and how it came in and kind of what went on during those calls. Um, and, you know, we didn't want to play the entire five part or whatever, how many parts it was of the call, because we, we don't have enough time on this podcast for that. So we'll just kind of do kind of just a general about those calls and kind of what, what it was entailing, you know, with Mel's Hole. There's really no proof that this is a real hole. Um, no one's really ever found it, according to the research I was doing. But, I mean, think about it. If if this is a real place, it is a never-ending pit. You know, the government probably has it seized at this point. They probably bought that land, and they probably block it off so nobody has access to it. It's in Washington, so maybe this is where the missing 4-in-1 people are going. They're just, like, throwing people down that pit. You know, <laughs> anytime they, they get wrong, anytime they mess with somebody's grandma or something, you know. But I think, uh, you know... Just really quick, the, the nostalgia of um, Art Bell. I wish we would have. I wasn't at the age, I don't think, to really listen to Coast to Coast. Maybe we were, but I just feel like I missed out on that because I just, that old nostalgia radio, you know, we used to listen to stuff like that. Maybe we listened to it when we were young. I just don't really remember him specifically until you played the audio and then it sounds somewhat familiar. But if you haven't heard Art Bell's Coast to Coast, it, it is really cool. And shout out to George Norrie for continuing the torch. I know he does it now and Coast to Coast still exists, but it's not. It's not always about like the supernatural, but I feel like with Art Bell's show, it was kind of more focused on all things strange and mysterious, right? And and George Norrie kind of goes into like uh, current events and stuff. Kind of comparable to like, um, what is it, Unsolved Mysteries, but there's the other one too that was on around the same time, and I can't remember the name of it, but that one was even more focused on just supernatural. But yeah, let's get into this. I actually don't know much about this, honestly, so I'm excited to hear more about it. Sweet. Yeah, so what I'm going to read, this comes from listverse.com. So anybody who wants to look this up, it's an article by Jenny Gentry, I believe. So basically, here's kind of where it goes. It says, there's a bottomless hole in the ground about nine miles west of Ellensburg, Washington. So anybody who knows where Ellensburg, Washington is, you know, if you're familiar with this area, write into us, supernaturalstation5 at gmail.com. But it says... That is when a man went by the name of Mel Waters. When he called into a popular paranormal show in 1997, people are still talking about the mysterious pit, which come to be known simply as Mel's Hole. This seemingly endless hole had already been baffling locals for decades. When Waters brought it to the public, it caught the interest of curious minds everywhere and quickly became an urban legend. While some listeners doubted its often outlandish claims, others were captivated and wanted more. So it says, um, on February 21st, 1997, a man who called himself Mel Waters phoned a well-known late-night radio show that featured paranormal stories called Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. At the time, Coast to Coast AM was the most popular place to discuss all things paranormal, kind of like we talked about. It was a fringe place, too. Like, nowadays, you can talk about almost anywhere. We're doing podcasts about it. But back then, it was, like, it was very localized. 
And I think it's funny back then because they had to like make sure it was super late night, you know. Oh, like, don't talk about this during seven p.m. You know, dinner time. Yeah, but it says it was the perfect audience for Waters to tell his story. He captivated Bell and the listeners with his tale of seemingly of the seemingly bottomless hole on his property that possessed mythical qualities. The first settlers dubbed it the Devil's Hole. Waters refused to give the exact location, just saying that he lived in Katitas County, Washington, in a region adjacent to the Manistash Ridge. In two follow-up calls in April 2000 and January 2002, his stories grew even more extreme. There was no way to know at the time Mel's Hole would continue to capture the public attention for years to come. Waters, his neighbors, and the previous owners regularly used the mysterious hole as a natural trash pit. They dumped household waste, furniture, and building debris into it for years, but somehow it never filled up. Come on, guys. We gotta be better than this stuff. That's intense. I mean... Like, I'm throwing... You're not throwing that old yellow fridge away, are you? Because guess what? That fridge was the best fridge of all time. I don't know, That thing never died. If you had a hole like that on your property, you don't have to take it out to the dump. That's kind of cool. But you know what I think about? Is it popping out somewhere else on the planet? That's the question, Like, dropping from the sky? (laughs) Is it coming into the ocean, like, bubbling up next to Malaysia or something like that? Yeah. Oh, dang. Um, eventually Waters grew curious as to the hole's depth. On his first call to the radio show, he described an attempt to test the depth of the hole using a large amount of fishing line, about 80,000 feet, 24,384 meters to be exact. Waters claimed the line still did not reach the bottom. As a reference, the deepest cave in the world is 7,257 feet. Supposedly his fishing line was 80,000 According to the United States Geological Survey outlines the amount of fishing line that waters used to reach about a quarter of the way through the Earth's crust at its thickest. Wow. So, that's crazy. The fishing line was only the beginning. In a claim reminiscent of Stephen King's 1983 horror novel, Pet Cemetery. Waters described an instance where his neighbor dropped the body of their deceased pet dog into the hole. The owner got the shock of their life when they saw their pooch alive and well in the nearby woods only a little while later. I wonder if this is where the Lazarus pit's coming from. Well, like I mean, that, the yeah. story of that. Actually, no, there is a Lazarus pit, obviously, in the Bible. But, right. But, I mean, like, I wonder if there's, maybe there's more truth to that is what I'm saying. Maybe there's one here on, on this hemisphere and there's one on that side. And they both do something similar, you know? Yeah. Like, they bring out the youth in something or the age in something. And they, or they just, it just goes away, depending on where you go. Right. Where, where you fall in the hole, I guess. It says they recognized the dog because he wore the same collar, but the dog showed no sign of recognizing his owner and did not respond to his calls. While it may be a more desirable result than the grieving pet owner saw in King's Tale, Waters' claims was more than enough to terrify and enthrall the listeners. In another claim, Waters revealed that Mel's hole had strange effects on everyday objects. Art Bell and his listeners hung on to every word as Waters mentioned the odd things metal items and portable radios would start to do whenever they were near the opening of the 9-foot diameter hole. He claimed that metals would mysteriously change into other metals or substances whenever he held them near the entrance. Waters also recounted an instance where he brought his radio into the pit and set it to his favorite radio station, but instead of music, the radio put out strange, unknown voices and programs of music from the past. Oh, wow. Girls are going to be like, Hey, hun, you know those earrings you bought me last year? Uh, they hurt my ears because they're not real metal. <laughs> so let's go up to the, the hole. We'll throw get it close to the hole and it'll turn into real silver, Bob. But, you know, that's crazy. That's kind of like alchemy. You know, that whole thing right there is like, like an alchemy for sure. You know, I mean, obviously alchemy is more like taking an ordinary object and turning it into like gold or something. But still, that's the same general premise. And what if it's real? You know, what if this this weird pit has the ability to have magic powers, which we're in the next story we cover, we're going to talk about another subject that's very similar. And it has what sounds like similar kind of paranormal qualities to it. It makes me, it reminds me of you guys that listen to us. I, I guarantee you guys listen or look at the Skinwalker Ranch phenomena. Yeah, and that's in our backyard. Like too. Yeah, but it's weird how like metals get affected. That's the biggest thing. It's like metals and frequencies, frequencies, and it's always underground. It's underground, y'all. Mm-hmm. We gotta dig down deep, see what's going on. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what's going on there. The Earth's core is obviously a very huge mystery, and so is the sea. So I don't know. I think we just keep researching that stuff before we even go full on in space. You know, it'd be really cool for us to know what the heck's going on here first. Yeah, we kind of um, got to master our our own universe, I mean, our own world, I should say, before we explore others. You know, but yeah, it's just such a it's such a vast thing, such a unique thing. It says in uh, I want to tell you this part too. In one of his final calls, Waters described lowering a bucket of ice down to one hundred uh, sorry one thousand five hundred feet and. When he lifted it out, he noticed that the ice was warm but did not melt. He said it had changed into a flammable substance. 
Oh, weird. The warm ice was not the only time that his experiments defied the laws of science. When he yelled down into the hole, he claimed there was no echo. There was also no sound after a large trash item such as refrigerators or television CRT tubes were thrown into the pit to confirm that they had hit the bottom. So they did throw the yellow fridge down there. <laughs> when we were off air, he's like, I was telling him about this, and, and he's like, oh, so he said something about a fridge, and this was before I he just, Yeah, I have a huge problem with somebody throwing a massive fridge down there. It's crazy. I mean, it's like the small towns you go everywhere. This is a random thought, but you know how small towns, all these cars go to die in these, like, pits of, like, grass? And they're just there forever now. And they're, like, amazing cars, a lot of them, but they're just rusty and just, come on, guys, we gotta do better than this. I don't know what we're supposed to do with the cars, but don't just leave them there. It's funny you say that, because I saw a video on, like, TikTok or something like that, and it was uh, it was one of those cars that went to die somewhere, and <laughs> the guy, and I really don't, I wish I, for the life of me, I don't remember what car it was, but it was a very rare car, and this guy, you know, took it out, and he refurbished it, and it started running, he made it run and everything, and it was the most, the coolest car by the like end. Like a muscle car? Oh, yeah, he, he fixed it all up, it was like a 60s, like, muscle car, and it was just amazing. Man, um, I wish I could find a Chevy Apache in one of those areas, or a Datsun 510. That'd be sweet. Uh, I was going to say, one of Water's most disturbing claims involved lowering a live sheep into the hole to around 1,500 feet, as he did with the ice bucket experiment. The sheep shrieked and kicked on the way down, then suddenly went silent. When Waters lifted it out, he found that the animal had been cooked. The sheep had also developed strange lumps, which, to his horror, started to move. He cut it open and found a fetal seal that he said gazed at him with intelligent human-like eyes. Waters went on to add that the creature miraculously cured his cancer. It jumped back into the hole, but was seen later by local sheep herders who claimed it radiated a benevolent presence. This chilling story may explain why Waters' dogs refused to come within 100 feet of the hole and why birds never sat at its stone retaining wall or metal cover. One thing I want to say really quick about that, what was that show that was on Amazon and it had uh, um, Josh... The guy that plays Thanos, what's his name? Oh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Um, it had Josh Brolin, and it was it's like called, a, it was a pit like this. Outer something? Outer dark, outer, spa- outer space? No, outer... Yeah, I don't know, outer something. Outer limits or something like that. But uh, honestly, they, there's a hole. Just, I wonder if they got that story partially from Mel's hole, because it's like that. He finds this hole in his property. It's like on a ranch. And it's never-ending. And it's it's much. like a portal, though. They, they throw things into it, and they come back out. Doesn't it come back out youthful on one of it, too? Yeah, I think so, right? like at a different time, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a time travel situation, you know? I don't know, guys. I feel like Hollywood's always... You guys know this now. Everyone knows this by now. I think it's actually, like, not even a question anymore. I feel like Hollywood, like, Stranger Things, you know? And, yeah. And now, like, the outer, outer edge, yeah, I think is what it was called. So, I don't I don't know what a fetal seal is, though. We might want to look that up. S-E-A-L? It's, yeah. F-E-T-A-L-S-E-A-L. That was that, the thing that was, you know, in the lumps when he cut open, the, you know, the, the lumps, and it started... I was just picturing an actual seal, which was, like, super weird to me, like a a baby seal out of a sheet, which wouldn't make sense at all. I guess while we're doing this, you should look it up, and we can check out what a fetal seal is. But the last part I just wanted to say, this is, well, the last two parts. The many strange occurrences that Waters recounted on Coast to Coast AM were not limited to the items that he lowered into the hole. Sometimes mysterious things would come out of it, too. Waters describes a disturbing report from which his neighbors who had seen a blacker-than-black beam of light coming from the cursed pit. He explained it as a light or a flashlight that threw out a beam of solid black instead of a standard whitish hue. Black is easily one of the most ominous colors that could come from a mysterious pit, as it is often associated with evil, death, and emptiness. I just looked up the seal. This is a quick glance, but yeah, they're saying like the tumor seal of Mel's hole, and it's like a baby seal. Wow. Like legit. Look at this one. This one looks messed up. We're gonna show. We're gonna share this. Uh, we'll share these pictures on our Instagram when we post the show. That way, you don't have to go digging for these photos. The wrong side of one. Oh man, yeah, it looks like I don't. It's I, a cryptid, guys. A cancerous we'll that. lump that became a seal somehow or something. But but yeah, so just weird stuff. Just really weird stuff. I guess apparently the um, government. It says the government did end up seizing his land, basically buying his property without him, you know, consenting to it. Like I said earlier. That makes a lot of sense. If it's real, then the government's right, you know, jump right on it, and they're going to you know, have it and block it off so that no one else has access to it. But what a weird thing. What a strange thing. And we've got we got more stories coming that are kind of somewhat comparable to what we just covered. But before we do that, this glass cylinder is becoming an empty hole, so let's go get some other uh, and, and come back. All right, we'll take a break. back 
so Rome, I just want to tell you and also the listeners, if you guys think about this, what's kind of crazy, I was just thinking about this the whole time we were hanging out for a minute and kind of taking this break. What I think is strange is like the Greeks and stuff, man, Hercules and stuff. Remember, they talked in Perseus too, that Roman version and everything. They talked about going to the gates of hell, like literally going to give the fairy money. He takes him to this place. Then they go underground, you know, down to the gates of hell, like legit. Yeah, like they they call it going to Hades, right? But like I've Hades. always wondered, does that mean like, I thought Hades was also a character, like an actual... No, it's just... Or is it just Hades a place? is also a name for hell, but yeah. Hades is also the god Hades, which is literally like the devil. Right. Here's a true story, well, I guess a true, believed to be true story of an area that's believed to be a gate of hell in like the Greek area. That's that's actually a good point, though, that you bring up. Yeah, like those stories, as time goes on, I'm starting to like kind of believe that those stories have a lot of basis in truth. I don't think they're just legend. I don't think they're just mythology. Yeah, and uh, guys, I think Hercules being a demigod, I think anytime you hear the word demigod, I'm just going to throw this out there. And this is my opinion. These things were the, the Nephilim, man. Yeah. They, they were like fallen angel baby blood. Right, so they were blood of an angel, a fallen angel, and a woman, a human woman, which is why they would say a god and a woman, because back then they used to worship multiple gods, right? So they would think these nephilim or these fallen angels were gods, right? Not the one true god, and so. Yep, I agree. It's crazy. I don't know. I think a lot of this is truth, man. And they used to say like uh, how you kill a nephilim, like David and Goliath, he would cut their heads off after he killed them. And we're looking into this now. And if you look at like Tony Merkel's, uh, uh, what is it called, uh, confessionals, they talk about it a little bit with the old Earth stuff and everything. But they're saying how, yeah, you had to cut the head off because it was like the lifeblood of the person of the being that was a, a fallen angel, right? Fallen angel blood. So I know we're getting super deep into this, but Medusa, he had to do the same thing to her. Yeah, Perseus had to cut her head off so in like, order for her to be dead. Guys, you know? there's bigger connections than we think there is. I think if we actually start putting it all together, yeah. I think there's truth to all of this, honestly. And they all had their own, like, special abilities and stuff like that, you know, that probably Hercules come from the, had strength. the angel side. He yeah. had lightning, right? Yep. Just like Zeus. Zeus had lightning, you know? Yep. Medusa had the snakes, you know? She was part reptilian or something. I don't know. So, it's crazy. Pretty interesting. But, yeah, this place is called the Cape Matapan Caves, and it's in Tainarum, Greece. I'm so sorry, guys. If there's Grecian listeners, you guys know I'm American. I'm a little bit naive with this. I love Greek mythology and Greece in general, but I just, yeah, I'm sorry if I messed that up. So it says the ancient Greeks believed that the dead descended into a realm below the surface ruled by the god Hades when Orpheus and Hercules, again Nephilim probably in my mind, but who knows, but Orpheus and Hercules made heroic journeys into Hades' underworld. They supposedly entered through Cape Matapan Caves. These caverns opened up into a cliff face at the sea level and led to a deep network of tunnels that have yet to be fully explored. To find entry points to Cape Matapan Caves, Seek out the ruins of a Spartan temple above the Greek gates of hell. Above a Spartan temple is where there's a Spartan temple above it. And we're going to get into some other stories where there's a temple above. There's a monastery above. Yeah. What is up with that? It reminds me of like somehow these ancient people knew that putting some kind of a special blessed temple in some way kind of did keep whatever was below in these depths out from coming into this world. You know, it's almost like a seal to, to block it off. What do you think of all that? I mean, that's I know that's like such a small story, but it's it kind cool. of blew my mind because we grew up watching Hercules and grew up watching Greek things in general and just loving Perseus, like obviously Clash of the Titans, the original one, mm-hmm. and all these cool stories, you know? And that's like, oh, that's myth. They always say mythology. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's myth anymore. Part of me still believes some of the stuff is myth, but I just think that as we dive into this stuff and as we do research and as we start connecting the dots, it just seems like more and more I'm starting to think that a lot of this has a basis of truth. I think that's cool. I think that ties into what we're talking about today really well, especially into the next topic that we're about to go into, which I think is our final topic. We're probably going to dive into that one. But really quick, let me tell you this too. So St. Patrick's Purgatory, here's another one that ties into what we were just saying where there's a temple above it. The Pilgrims in St. Patrick's Purgatory, a small 15th century monastery on Staten Island, or Station Island, well, Staten Island, Station Island, risk getting stuck in limbo, possibly a fate worse than hell. According to the old Irish tale, St. Patrick visited, St. Patrick himself visited the island and Jesus appeared directly to him. The Lord showed him horrifying visions of Satan's lair and pin dropped a location to a cave that served as the entrance to Purgatory. Soon after, a monastery was built to plug the narrow descending hole into hell. Oh, wow. Look at that. A monastery was built to plug the narrow descending hole into hell. There's definitely some truth to that. We're definitely doing that. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just thinking about CERN and, and you know, some of those modern day scientists that are ripping into like these unknown mysterious universes yeah, or they're whatever they're doing. Down. They're definitely drilling down. And then you got the, you guys got the UFOs that, I don't know, lately they've been coming from under the water. 
Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, we should dive into our main. We kind of wanted to wait till the very end here to kind of cover the last topic because it's kind of it's really really interesting. I actually heard it on another podcast. Yeah, definitely dark. It's got some crazy uh, connections again to some things in history that are also dark. Um, but we hope you guys enjoy that. This is a crazy story. It's just one of those things that kind of stuck with me when I first heard it. Um, especially if you have some kind of like religious leanings or a little bit of dogma in your background, you kind of like, oh, this is wild, you know. And then. Knowing history and stuff, there's some tie-ins with historical public figures and groups and stuff that kind of tie into it as well. So we'll, we're going to dive right into that right now. All right, so uh, we are going to dive into the Posca Castle. This is a weird thing. It's uh, a castle from the outside. From what you'd think, if you were to see that from the outside, you're like, okay, that's a castle. But there's quite a bit more to it. Where this takes place is pretty much on kind of the border of like Prague and the Czech Republic. And it's a place that's basically rumored to be the gateway to hell. And I'm just going to kind of go right into it. Hidden by thick forestry, Hoska Castle in Czechia is surrounded in nightmarish myth and occultist legend. It was built atop a cliff in Prague's countryside, mysteriously isolated from all trade routes. So that's the weird part. As you're reading about this, you're like, this this is the weirdest thing, because it's, it's not near roads or trade routes that would have existed back in, you know, ancient days. It's just built on this really strange hillside where it's really hard to get to. A horse and buggy couldn't get to it. You literally have to almost climb to get to this place. So it's very strange. Mysteriously isolated from all trade routes. It had no source of water or fortification. Some say it wasn't built to keep evil from entering, but to prevent it from spilling out. Which, yeah, why would you build anything away from water or entryways to anything? Roads, back then, you won't, you wouldn't ever do anything, something minute, or not minute, what I'm saying, like something far into a forest where it's going to be really hard to get to. Right. Back in those days, like, if there was a castle, especially in, you know, Europe and stuff, that's usually, who, whoever lived in the castle was like the rich elites, you know, of that little village kind of thing, and they, they basically were almost, you know, doted on and... and yeah, think about how Served every upon. city's built right now. Yeah. Like, look at how the Capitol building's at the very middle of your city, and the rest of it is, like, right in front of you, you know? Right. So they had all that all that feast in front of them. They had anything they wanted right there, and that's how every castle was built. But there isn't even evidence of, like, a nearby, super nearby village that would have been super close to it. This is, like, an isolated, strange castle, right? And so it says, according to the castle's official website... It was built in the 13th century as an administrative hub for the king, but Czech folklore maintains that the true purpose of its construction was to seal a gaping crack in the limestone. Locals believed this was a gateway to hell from which demonic beings emerged to feed on villagers and drag them back into the abyss. Legend has it that prisoners who were facing the gallows were offered full pardons, but only if they agreed to be lowered into the bottomless hole and report on what they saw. The first man to do this was so young and healthy, and he happily accepted. Within seconds, so this guy is, you know, facing the death penalty. Like, he's going to be hung if he's, you know, doesn't accept this mission, basically. And so he accepts. Within seconds of being lowered, however, he cried to be raised up. So he was yelling, screaming. When they bring pulled him, back, right? Bring me back! Bring me back! When he was pulled from the chasm, his hair had turned white, and he had aged by about 30 years. And so the onlookers, there were several prisoners that were also watching this, hoping that they could also have the pardon if this guy made it through, right? And as soon as they brought him back up after these blood-curdling screams, they realized he was like 30 years older. And they all said, nope, I'm good. Still put me on the gallows. Yeah, picture Harry Potter, those two twins, you know? Two twins, the set of twins that did the Goblet of Fire attempt, right, to age themselves. They throw the, the papers in with their blossoms up. They drink it, right? Yes, because they, they thought they survived. And then remember, they got shot out and they aged like 30, 40 years. They were just white beards, white hair right after that. That's what I pictured. It's so funny, but... Yeah, and then that. just as a, as a quick little end of the synopsis here, the, the next part of the castle is even more strange. It says, Castle's eerie history also doesn't stop there. Nazi experiments took place within the walls during World War II. Some say that Wormacht occupied this castle precisely to investigate whether the gateway to hell was real. As feverish occultism had consumed its higher ranks, today, Hoska Castle remains one of the most haunted places on Earth. And then um, there's just a little bit of history here. So the first known structure before the castle, right, way before the castle, the first known structure at the site was a small wooden fort in the 9th century. 
It revealed as seemingly an endless abyss that villagers deemed an entrance to hell. Locals were terrified of half-human hybrids that began to crawl out of the hole at night and tear livestock apart. Fearful of turning into these demonic entities themselves, villagers avoided the rocky entrance. They tried to block it with stones, but the abyss allegedly gobbled up anything they dropped into it. Reminds me of Mel's Hole, too. Exactly the same. Yeah. Refusing to be filled. And then King Ottokar II of Bohemia had the Gothic structure built sometime between 1253 and 1278. That guy didn't know what he was doing, man. That guy was losing <laughs> his mind. Ottokar. That's kind of a cool name. Oddly, the original construction omitted stairs from the courtyard to the upper floors, and most of the structure's defenses were built facing inwards. It was as if the purpose of the castle wasn't to keep invaders out, but rather to keep something trapped within. Perhaps most notable of all, the king had the gateway to hell sealed with stone plates and had a chapel built above it. The chapel was dedicated to the archangel Michael, who led God's armies against Lucifer's fallen angels, leading some to believe that the gateway truly existed, or still does. That's amazing. Super amazing because, just really quick, on the um, Archangel Michael side of things, you know, he's also... He's like in, the most badass angel. Most you know? badass angel. It's him and Gabriel, man. They're just taking everybody out and they're not they're not playing games. Mm-hmm. Because I think they're just meant to be that. You know, maybe they were amazing generals. Actually, they were always angels. Similar to the really great generals we see here on Earth. But it's cool that they put, a, again, a temple... Yeah, on top of it. And we mentioned that before with the Greek three times now. Mythology. Yeah. yeah, It's like every time there's something evil, it's the one thing we think of to do is to put a church basically on top of it and a protection spell basically, or protection prayer, if right. you will. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a real thing, guys. It's the real deal. So if I end up stumbling upon some hole that I feel like I can't find a bottom to, and then I start seeing creepy things start crawling out, I think the first thing we do is start building a temple. Or just right? put like a cross right on top of it. Yeah, and something. Just, by, some by, uh, by 1639, the castle was occupied by a Swedish mercenary named Oronto. It's funny how all these guys have O names. The black magic practitioner allegedly toiled nightly in his laboratory in an effort to create an elixir for eternal life. So this is the other weird thing, is it seems like a lot of these kind of evil people, these people that are toiling with the dark you know, forces, they're seem to be attracted to this place too. And they're looking for eternal life. Look at all of Hollywood, look yep. at all of these you know, secret societies, babies, blood stuff. Again, I don't want to get way into that craziness, but yep. they're, they're doing things to have eternal life. Yep. That's, they're never going to attain. We can't attain that. Unless you accept Jesus, I guess, you know, that's the first step for as Christian believers. But it's crazy, right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy that that's like always, it's been from way back then, whenever this was. What was the 16th century? That was 1639. Yeah. So, or 17th um, century, yeah. said so that this, you know, when he was doing these things, you know, trying to create this elixir for eternal life, this instilled villagers with so much mortal fear that two local hunters assassinated him. Despite Aranto's death, locals continued to avoid the area. The gateway to hell in modern day. So you can actually go visit this place. I know that for sure. But before we kind of get into that, I do want to go back to the 1940s when the Nazis kind of went into this place. Because that's really the in- really interesting to me that they found this place a source of uh, investigation. Because they were doing all, everyone knows, they were doing all sorts of things to try to get really quick power to-, to overthrow the world. You know? If any of you guys haven't looked into the World War II stuff, you know, maybe you weren't taught enough about it or something. I sure as heck wasn't. So they posted a thing on Netflix, a, a documentary. That's really good. I think it's called World War II, A Life in Picture Video or something. And it was just a really good depiction. I haven't finished it, but I can tell you that when I saw that, that was pure evil incarnate. I've never seen anything like it before. The people that were fighting them, let's just say the Polish, right? They would say when they shot one of them, they finally shot one, guys, just one soldier of the of the Nazi party. And they were like... He can die. He's bleeding. So they literally thought these people were immortal. Supernatural. Yeah. And they they personified that. They really liked doing that to people, making them have pure fear and no hope, no joy. Look at the Jewish people that were in camps. I told my brother, I was like, man, if they tried to bring me to a camp, say it was in Poland again, because that's where I was. they were showing them getting rounded up, I would have just fought my way out of that. Can you imagine? But they didn't know what was coming. They didn't know what we saw in the future, you know? Yeah. But yeah, they thought they were immortal, guys, and that's like, they're just trying to personify that right here. Yeah, you know, basically, it seemed like they were on this kind of bloodlust to find ultimate power, and they were trying to build, like, super weapons that were, like, supernatural that, you know, would help them win the war. But I also think they were trying to, we know this, they were trying to make, like, chimeras, like, hybrid animal, human, super soldiers, like, ape yeah. human. 
And then there's, you know, there's people that even believe that's what Bigfoot is, is some kind of like offshoot of the experiments from the Nazis, which would be interesting. I don't believe that, that necessarily, be but it is interesting. It so would only be in one area most, in most likely situation scenarios, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think they that, might be onto something. What this Nephilim. proves that is that, you know, people have seen them way before the Nazis, you yeah. know, forever in different cultures. So this just says in the 1940s, the Nazis overtook the castle during their occupation of Czechoslovakia. There are their reasons for doing so are unclear. As the castle lacked defenses and was 30 miles from Prague, according to castles today, some believe they needed to secure the 13,000 manuscript library of the SS leader Heinrich Himmler, who was obsessed with the occult and believed that its power would help the Nazis rule the world. Locals at the time reported strange lights and horrifying sounds coming from the castle. Some say that many top Nazi officials, including Himmler, attended dark ceremonies at Hoska Castle in which they attempted to harness the power of hell. After the war, the Simonek family regained ownership of the Hoska Castle, and they still own it to this day. I wonder if we could talk to somebody from the Simonek family. That'd be interesting. Anyone know? Send their information our way. Himmler, man, he was very known, almost the same amount of known as Hitler, pretty much. And it's crazy their names are so close. I wonder if there's some weird connection there. But I will say, I mean, they both knew that there was something important there, important to them, right? It couldn't, to me, it could be further from importance if I was, you know, trying to fight a war. I wouldn't want to involve the evil side of things, but hey, that's what they were doing. So it's weird. They also, knew something if, was there. If any visitors, uh, or if any of our listeners want to be a visitor of the castle, apparently you can go there. Um, I'm just reading this now. This is something I didn't notice until, uh, you know, after doing the research and stuff. But I guess the Simonic family who owns it is, is allowing uh, visitations there, apparently. And, yeah, you can yeah, you can go check it out. But it says, Many visitors who are visiting are baffled by its counterintuitive architecture and unnerved by fresco paintings in the chapel. One comment, which I didn't read here, some of the windows or majority of the windows that are actually on the castle are actually fake windows. They're not actually, like, glass. They're, they're either painted on or they're boarded up to nothing. Uh, they're not actually, like, a, a real window. Or you know what that reminds me of? Hmm. The house, uh, Winchester. Winchester. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, for sure. And, and making then, fake rooms, fake windows, fake entryways. Maybe she was on to something. Sarah, Sarah yeah, Winchester, remember she was where, warding people Oh, She was she warding was trying people to away. The dark energies to get, you know, confused and not be able to exit the Is that house. is that all it takes? That's the thing I wonder. Could like, be. Isn't that a weird question to think about, guys, and uh, listeners as well? Like, do you think that's all it takes? Do you think they're... I don't think they're that dumb. I really don't. Yeah. I think I, my enemy, I always try to put my enemy as a formidable enemy. Right. That is very intense, right? Probably better than me in most cases. So I try to hold that in a certain regard. I mean, it probably worked in some regard with certain situations. You know what I mean? Yeah. It also says, just really quick, because I found this part interesting. The strangest of these unsettling paintings depict a creature with the upper body of a human woman and the lower body of a horse. While it was unheard of at the time to include depictions of pagan mythology in a church. Because this is within the chapel portion. So all you know where all the Michael stuff is is where this painting of this woman with you know a lower body of a horse is, which is really interesting for the time. And they can you know if they carbon date it, they can see that it's an old painting from that era. Even more staggering is the fact that the centaur is using its left hand to shoot an arrow, as left-handedness was associated with the service to Satan in the Middle Ages. Historians believe this painting is a hint to creatures that lurk beneath the church. Indeed, to this day, visitors also claim to hear screams and scratching noises beneath the chapel floor. Wow. Yeah, this is crazy stuff. And another thing, guys, just to tie it all in, one more thing to tie it all in, guys, is the Euphrates River. The Bible verse talks about a sixth angel pouring out a bowl on this great river of Euphrates in the end times, and the waters dried up to prepare the way for kings from the east. What that basically is saying is, like, it's preparing the way for these angels that they, these, again, Nephilim, the ones that, the fallen angels, yeah, the ones that created Nephilim. They were abominations, basically. The one-third, right? The one, yeah, the one-third, they were cast away and they're chained up, and they're, you know, going to be released at the end times, right? Right now, they're chained up. And they're chattering their teeth, and they're doing all that stuff, and they're making noises. And if you guys look up the Euphrates River noises, it is unearthing scary. Like, look it up on YouTube, guys. It's really creepy. And it sounds like people screaming, like they're having tormented agony down there. So isn't that, like, basically as soon as the river began to sort of dry up, which has been going on for a while now? Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I was trying to say, is like that. I think that verse has come true, guys, because it's drying up right now. And they found, like, um, stone walls and cave entrances and what looks like old ruins to an old, like, ancient, you know, civilization or something. They found pottery in there. They found clay. Tablets. Yeah, tablets that have, like, written documentation on them. 
So there was an old civilization under there. And yeah, that's just one section underneath there that they found. So there's definitely something going on. There's something that's out of our history that we don't have a purview on right now. So what those screams may be, because you guys, it is unsettling. If you look that video up, and I'll, I'll find the link, and I'll just share it as part, of our, as part of our link to the, the post when we post on social media, like Instagram and Facebook and stuff. I'll include that link, because I think it, I just want to save you the time. And it's, uh, man, it is unsettling sounds yeah. uh, that sound almost unworldly. Sure. And if you want to look up the verse, it's Revelation sixteen twelve and Isaiah eleven fifteen is another one that talks about it. And those are Old Testament, New Testament that could you know coincide. Yeah, it's a weird time, and they say it's supposed to dry up. The river is supposed to dry up by twenty forty, and that's going to cause a lot of problems for Iraq, for you know Syria, for all these places that are right there, Turkey, and everything like that. So it's going to be interesting, guys. I think you know we're living in a cool time and a scary time at the same time. So just keep your head up, just keep researching. That's what we're doing. You know, we're we're getting the information out, helping people out. So yeah, helping and, ourselves out. <laughs> yep, and honestly, you know, that's really what we wanted to do on this show is just talk about a few of those stories and and some of these strange, mysterious things with these these pits that kind of never end. You know, that I don't know, just bottomless, right? Which is a creepy thought because there's got to be a bottom somewhere. There's always a bottom. Let us know where you guys, if you guys believe in this thing at all. If you, if you believe there's holes in the earth that are going to lead to a hell realm. And if you do, please tell us. You know, we'd like to hear stories about it. You know, SupernaturalStation5 at Gmail. We don't get enough stories from people, um, comments or anything. So I'd really like to see that. Just a little bit more communication. We actually, just so you guys know, we opened up a Facebook page for Supernatural Station. And we'll share that link as well on the podcast. But really, really fun, guys, because we're going to start having conversations with you guys on there and be able to really communicate some things that are awesome. So. Yeah, and if you guys want to look that up, we will share it. But if you want to look it up, if you just have some free time, it's Supernatural Station Podcast Group. So if you just look that up on Facebook, you'll see our, our logo as the as the banner picture, as the main picture. And it's growing. We you know we just started today. We have over 30 members now. So we're hoping that you know, it continues to grow. And I like this idea of having a Facebook group because I've seen other podcasts like uh, our friends at Paranormal Portal. They have a great one. It's really fun. Brand Don, we love you guys. You're amazing. Yeah, those are good guys and just a great fan base. And I love all the people that are on there that sit and chat. And it's just a fun fun group to check hang out, out with. For real, check out their YouTube Wednesday nights and Friday nights, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, they do a live video around 9 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. It's always and a good it's time. really fun, guys. It's just interactive. A lot of fun people on there, so... It's just a lot of fun interaction where people, you know, you may not want to tell your stories like on, on our show, but at least you can go tell it there. You can, you know, explain what happened to you there. You can share photos, videos, kind of just a no holds barred. You can just do whatever you want on there. We're not one of those groups that's going to have all these rules and regulations. No. You can you can post what you want on there. You know, I really don't care. We're, we're not that type to censor people. So, you know, just have fun yeah, with we're it. We're opposite of censor. You know, but we also don't want trolls either. So try not to troll people. Yeah, as far as bullying or, you know, fighting people, whatever. But, you know, if you, if you feel uncomfortable to share with us on the Supernatural Station 5 Gmail because it's going to be tied to your email or if you feel ashamed to, you know, share it on Facebook or whatever, just know we're so open to this stuff and so into it. And we believe you guys. Mm -hmm. Almost everything you'd say, we're going to believe until proven otherwise. And so, because I've had some such weird experiences, you guys. And it's, it blows me away that I've had some of these. Now that I look back on them, and same with our ghost hunting things in the past and different things. So, needless to say, if you don't want to share it here, you share it on Paranormal Portal, just say, I wish to be anonymous when you do those. And guarantee both us and those guys, we're all respectful. We, we want to get your story out. That's the big part. Because it's going to help somebody else. You know, yeah, actually, you know, that's the biggest thing. I thought it was kind of cool. I'll just throw this in there really quick. Started to talk a little bit more with Cryptids of the Corn. They have a really cool uh, podcast as well. Mm -hmm. It seemed like really cool guys. I'd love to actually do a show with them at some point. But they were commenting on our, because you said we've seen some weird stuff. That weird thing we saw in Barstow, and we've talked about it before, but it's this weird anomalous animal that we couldn't, yeah, you, you know, guys, pinpoint. Real quick, we're driving through Barstow, California, heading towards L.A., that area. So we're heading towards L.A. from Utah, basically. And it was the weirdest thing. I look over to the left in the desertest desert, right? You come out of Barstow and it's a desert right there. And on this cliffside, I thought it was white bags. And we've, I know we've told this, but just open it up again. I thought there's white bags flowing in the wind. That's what caught my eye. So I look over. I'm like, why is there so many bags bundled up on this freaking cliffside? I look over and I see an actual creature that I can't even describe, you guys. It looks like a, a dragon. Check out, just check out our, our Instagram because we posted a drawing of it on February 4th. 
I was um, just sitting there, regal, just looking out that cliffside. And yeah, Roman, uh, but, he actually uh, drew it. Yeah, just a quick rendition of it. But I wanted to say it was cool that Cryptids of the Corn had something to say that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, they commented on our drawing, on the drawing there on the post. And they were saying, um, you know, maybe look up an Eland bull uh, or Eland uh, antelope. So I looked that thing up and, and they, they don't exist in America. They're from Africa or whatever. But they've got a definitely a very similar look to the drawing. Man, it has the same chest it's Really size, the difference. It has the same horns. It looks very comparable. The difference was really the front part of the face and also like the back legs, like the rear legs, um, and also just the predatory nature of the creature we saw versus the bull, which is not really necessarily a predator. But I thought it was really cool that they had that comment because that actually staggered me. I'm like, wow, it is pretty comparable. Imagine like, you know, that uh, thing on Harry Potter that flies that looks like a bird in the face a little bit and Harry Potter feeds it and then he flies on it and stuff and Hagrid's teaching him how to fly. It looks kind of like that, size-wise, and it has that sort of face. But it even looks more like a skeletal crocodile, almost, with skin on it. You know what I mean? It's just a weird face. It was That's why I thought a dragon right away. But the Elan bull, if you guys want to look that up, it definitely looks... I mean, size-wise, it's a big bull, so it looks very comparable. And it's the same color. Yeah, so very intriguing. Um, but we but, appreciate it, like, you know, those comments that we got from Cryptids of the Corn. And just, you know, anybody who can... Try to give us some insight. We are obviously don't know much about anything. Like we try to be as humble as possible. You know, we know we don't know that much, but we're out here just trying to spread the weird and the mysterious. And we're glad you guys are with us. So thanks for that. And let's continue the conversation. Hang out with us on Facebook and and also on Instagram. This world is a supernatural station, and you guys have a ticket for free whenever you want. And it's a fun train to be on. So thank you guys for being a part of it. All right, we'll we'll talk to you guys next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.